For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? My name is Patrick Allen. Welcome into another edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Very fun episode planned for you today. I'm here as always with my co-host, Matt Verderam, and we've got a really special guest today. It's the editor of Arrowhead Attic, Matt Connor. We've been telling you to follow him on Twitter and read all the great content the team over at AA has been producing. Well, now Matt's going to join us for the show today. We're going to get you ready for Chiefs Bills. We're going to talk Le'Veon Bell. He may sign before the, uh, the conclusion of this podcast. We'll try to keep an eye out on things for you just in case that happens. Uh, but Matt Connor, welcome. Good to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, very, very exciting. Uh, We want to get you on here more often as we continue to break down what is shaping up to be a pretty interesting season for the Chiefs. Matt Verderam, how are you doing today? I'm fine. I am uh, looking forward to the football games this weekend. Not only the Chiefs, it's a really good slate around the league. Uh, We were going to have the game tonight on Thursday night. And then, uh, you know, 2020 happened and it's Monday kind of afternoon. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, crazy, crazy scheduling. Um, So listen, everybody, thank you again for joining us. Uh, You listeners have been great. You've been leaving us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We need you to keep that up. We really appreciate it. Uh, Please remember always that you can leave us a question on Apple Podcasts at the end of your review and your written review, and we will answer it on the podcast. Um, Thank you for your support. Okay, let's let's get into it. We're going to get to Chiefs Bills in a second, but I want to start with kind of the big story circulating in the Chiefs kingdom right now, and that is the potential signing of former Pittsburgh Steelers and New York Jets running back Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I released a quick little bonus podcast yesterday just giving my thoughts on whether or not the Chiefs should sign him. Uh, And it looks like things are escalating here. We're recording this on Thursday morning, October 15th. Right now, Le'Veon Bell is free to sign with any team he chooses. So, First, the news on this, the latest comes from Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, who he's been on top of this. Uh, he said, he tweeted out just, just a couple hours ago, Le'Veon Bell currently plans to sign with one of three teams per source. He's got the Dolphins, the Chiefs, and the Bills. Bearing changes, Bell will decide among three teams as early as today. Steelers reunion, unlikely at this point. That's good news, I think, for, for Chiefs fans and, and the rest of the teams in the AFC. Don't want to see him back on Pittsburgh. So let's talk about this. Uh, Matt Verderam, you 
you you talked a little bit about this on Twitter earlier this week. You also reported uh, earlier in the off season that the the Chiefs were in, interested in Leonard Fournette, uh, that they they were interested in Adrian Peterson uh, as well. N- neither of those signings worked out. You 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 said this was something to watch days ago, and it certainly seems like it's escalating. Do do you do you think this is a good fit? Do you see this happening? I think it's a a good fit. I think it could definitely happen. So look, you're right. In August, I reported that they were interested in Fournette, and they were. They didn't want to go the uh, the amount of money that the Buccaneers went. Adrian Peterson, uh, they also had interest in. That was widely reported. Um, but you know, one thing that's interesting to note: uh, the Dolphins and the Bills being the other two teams that are reportedly in on him. When he was a free agent two years ago, I reported that his preferred destination was Miami. So. I'm not surprised if the Dolphins are in the mix here. Look, he, he loves that area. He's into his own music. He thinks Miami's a great fit for him because of the music, uh, among other things. So um, I'm not shocked. That being said, the Chiefs and Brett Veach specifically have a longstanding history of going after guys who are big-name targets. Um, you know, when you look at Veach's free agency history, they've gone after some big names, Sammy Watkins, Tyron Matthew, obviously Frank Clark was a trade. They went for Frank Clark. Le'Veon Bell is not a first-round pick, but he was, I believe, a second-round pick, and he's obviously a two-time All-Pro. Veach is a big-game hunter, and they've been trying to upgrade behind Edward Jolaire for a couple of months now. So this would make a lot of sense. Also, Bell's a guy that in the past is one of the – and still, when he's on the field, is one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL. He's a good blocker, so he fits that mold. Um, if you've noticed a lot of third downs and, and along, they brought in Darrell Williams because they trust Williams to block more than they trust Edwards O'Leary to block. Uh, Bell would give them more versatility in their third down back roll. So I do think it makes a lot of sense. They are trying to sign him. I'm not surprised about that at all. Talking to people around the league, um, I've gotten the same feedback that it seems everybody else has gotten, which is, yeah, it would be a no-brainer if Kansas City can get him. So we'll see what happens. But I would not be surprised if they end up reeling him in. Yeah, you really feel like at this point, it, it kind of comes down to preference for Bell, right? I mean, when you look at these three teams, these three finalists, if this is indeed correct, obviously, he's, he's, if, he, if he's about winning, he's probably not choosing Miami, right? But he likes Miami. He works out down there. So if he doesn't care about maybe trying to chase a ring right now, uh, and also playing time, right? Like that's something that's important to him. Not really anybody who has an iron grip on the, the lead back duties there down there in Miami Gaskins, a, a good player, but uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell would certainly be an upgrade presumably for them. So he gets, you know, what I talked about yesterday was this guy's, you know, he's auditioning, right? He's going to come in, he's going to take a, a small contract. The jets are going to pay the bulk of his money and he can, if he can go in and tear it up, now he's got a chance for one more big payday in free agency after the season is over on the flip side of that. If he's looking for a contender, well, that's where the Chiefs and the Bills come in, right? I yep. think the Bills are they're an interesting choice. They've got Devin Singletary, but they just drafted Zach Moss too. Both those guys are new additions to the Bills. I think the Bills would like to have Bell, but if you're Bell, you're looking at that situation, at least I would be, and I'd be like, ah, I don't know. You know, They want to get these young guys going. When Moss comes back, how much am I going to be able to play? Whereas if you look at Kansas City, it's just Clyde Edwards Elaire, right? Like you're not if you're Bell, you're not worried about Daryl Williams or Darwin Thompson taking your carries. So Matt Connor, what do you think here? Like how does how does Bell fit in with the current Chiefs stable of running backs 
And is, is this the best fit for him out of the three teams that are mentioned if he wants to both play and win? Well, I, you know, I think you said it. I mean, there's, you know, there's no one's going to say, oh, Darwin Thompson's on the roster, Daryl Williams is on the roster, therefore maybe, I, you know, I'd, I'd have to sit this dance out, um, you know. And, and, you know, I'm with, I'm with Matt, too. I, th- I, think it's a, I think it's a good fit. I think his well-rounded skill set would really be a nice addition there. And, and, and honestly, with a weapon like Bell, you know, Andy Reid is going to do what it takes to maximize his talent versus like having Bell come in and, and try to fit the wrinkles they already have. I mean, you know, they would have the rest of the season to figure out how best to deploy him alongside the other targets. I, I have to say I'm a little confused uh, as to some of the messaging from Bell over the last couple of years. I mean, right? Like if we're talking, does he want one big does he want the big payday? Like, does he want a chance to showcase what he can do to get the big payday? Because he already sat out a full year where he was supposed to make $14 million from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now he's going to play what for, for nothing, right? Like the jets, like the jets set the max at 6 million, no team among the three or even others are going to offer him more than 6 million to play the rest of this year. So, there's a part of me that just wonders whether he cares at all about money and whether or not that payday is even in play. Although that's like the smart play, you think like every player lives to get to that point where they can enter the open market and and be wide, you know, be widely available there. So um, I have to wonder if it really would tip the scales more toward either home, which is just nice for any player to be able to play in that environment, whatever that means for them, or whether it is a championship and if, you know, and if so, obviously the chiefs are the, are the, um, you know, are the lead back there, so to speak, uh, among the three. But, uh, yeah, I gotta say, I'm just a little mixed. I'm like, I'm, I'm not really sure how to read the tea leaves on what bell might want or what not want to do. Right. I mean, I mean, obviously money, I mean, he got a nice contract from the jets, but he went to the jets. So like winning wasn't that big of a priority at that point, but this right. is one of those weird years, right? Where like he, you know, he's it's just for this year. He's, no one's going to sign him to a long-term deal right now, m- most likely, right? So he's got an interesting thing here. What do you, what do you think, Verderim? Of the three teams, is is the chief? If you're Le'Veon Bell, is the Chiefs where you want to go? No, I'm probably biased in this, but yeah, because they're going to be on national TV a whole bunch. He's going to get the ball. He's going to get Andy Reid. And by the way, nobody's ever going to focus on him in this offense defensively because there's a million other guys you have to worry about. Uh, I mean, yeah, look, if you're trying to get a big contract going forward, yeah, because I, I, think, I think if you're Bell, the only argument for Miami is you're just probably going to get the ball more. So, you know, and, and there's non-football reasons you'd want to go to Miami, right? Like the weather's incredible. The, uh, the scene down in Miami, if you've ever been to South Beach, is Pretty nice. And uh, beyond that, uh, Florida, not exactly uh, hard on the COVID restrictions at the moment. So you pretty much can live a normal life. Uh, I'll say this. I'll just throw this in at the very end. He is tight with Chris Jones. There's that famous video at this point of him and Chris Jones from earlier this offseason. They trained together uh, with with the Pete Burrito performance systems down in Davie, Florida. And uh, they're real close. So I'm sure Chris Jones is going to be campaigning hard Get Le'Veon Bell. God knows other players around the league, uh, you know, will be doing the same thing. Stephon Diggs shares an agent, uh, Deesa Bakari with with um, Bell. So there's 
there's a lot of connections all over, but Chris Jones will certainly be the guy in the Chiefs. He's basically the player rep for recruiting here. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. Um, I, I just think it makes too much sense for him. The other thing to, to think about as well, and I mentioned this yesterday, look, Clyde Edwards-Dulaire, he's, he's, do, he's doing a very nice job. He's averaging over four yards per carry. He's catching balls out of the backfield. He is not the primary focus of this offense. I know everybody had super high expectations thinking he was just going to come in and blow up the stats, and that still may happen to him during certain games over the course of his time with the Chiefs. But like, let's be honest, like he's way down on the pecking order of people you got to get the ball to if you're Andy Reid. Um, but he's never played a 16-game season before, right? He's a rookie. He's not a large rookie either. He's a smaller back. He's, he's durable, but like, let's be honest, he's, he's, this is the NFL, right? Um, and he's going to be playing 16 games. He's going to be playing more than that because the Chiefs are going to go to the playoffs. So you're looking at 17, 18, 19 possible games uh, for, for, for this guy. Um, you know, you've got nobody behind him. Damian Williams isn't coming back. So, you know, if they get to the point where, and even last year with Damian, obviously played great in the playoffs, not, not super dynamic in the run game. You saw the drop off from Kareem Hunt to Damian Williams last year with the offense. And they, they didn't run the ball a whole lot. So, uh, they're, they're, they're much more committed to it this year. I, I agree the way teams are playing the chiefs with trying to do more, more zones and trying to force them to run the ball to take longer to score. You get bell in the mix. If he can be even a, a fraction of what he was, or if he can even match Clyde Edwards, Hilaire's output, I think that puts the chiefs in a really strong position moving forward. Now I, I saw a tweet on Twitter, a tweet on Twitter. Who would have thought uh, Jeff Schwartz, uh, our old friend uh, used to do uh, stacking the box with Matt. Verderam, Jeff Schwartz says Bell's not a fit for the Chiefs run game. Obviously, Schwartz would know, former offensive lineman for the Chiefs and in the NFL. Do you agree with that, Verderam, that, that Bell's not going to be a fit here? Or is that sort of maybe a little bit overblown? It's Andy Reid. This guy's a good back. They can figure out how to make it work. I mean, I know what Jeff means. Jeff and I remain good friends and whatnot, and we talk on the side. And We had a conversation about this yesterday. I won't go through the whole thing, but essentially um, – you know, I, I think Jeff's point is well taken in the sense that, look, Bell's a very patient runner. He's well known for being a guy who literally sometimes come to a stop behind the line of the scrimmage and then get going. The Chiefs are very much a one-cut and get-up-the-field type of, you know, make a guy miss in the hole and get going. Now, you know, look, Bell's really talented. I mean, it's not to say he can't do that, but I do know what he means. The Bills, the way they play, it's more suited for that. The Bills are better in the interior. They have former Chief Center Mitch Morris. I think if you're the Chiefs, the reason you want Bell is not so much because he's going to run the ball. It's because he can catch the ball and he can block on third down. And you get you have that option on third and seven of a defense has got to come out and go, okay, well, is he going to block or is he going to go out and catch? Whereas when you see Daryl Williams, yes, he, he can catch the ball occasionally, but you're probably more concerned or concerned about other players. You, you are pretty much certain – He's there to block, and maybe he releases out if he doesn't have any assignment on the play. So I think to Jeff's point, yeah. Um, look, the, the Chiefs, they have not been a good run-blocking line for years. I mean, this is nothing new. And this year, I actually think they've been okay at times. Yeah, Edwards Allaire um, has been a little hit and miss, hitting the holes. I, you know, That's going to come with having you know, five games of experience. But look, ultimately, talent is talent. And if Bell can play at, at the even remotely at the level of where he was in Pittsburgh, yeah, he'll be fine in Kansas City. Like Andy Reid will – I'll say one thing where I'll be a fit, the screen game. He'll be a fit there. 
because the Chiefs are athletic on the offensive line, and Andy is the best screen game caller in the league, and they will get him out in space. So in that regard, he'd be a great fit. But running the ball, yeah, I, I do understand where Jeff's coming from. Remember, he's this guy's 28. He's not some washed-up, you know, 36-year-old running back. I know he hasn't looked fantastic with the Jets, but he's playing on the Jets. I mean, if you're playing the Jets, what, like, what are you going to do? Who are you going to try to stop? Are you worried about Sam Darnold beating you over the top? Are you worried about the Jets' cadre of, of speedy receivers? I mean, come on. Like, this is, you know, I, I just think. And also, how many players have we seen play under Adam Gase and like not look that great or just look okay. And then they go to another team and like, they're really good. Um, I think that's another thing to, to consider as well. So um, I, I, I think, I think he's probably fine to be perfectly honest with you. I think he just needs to be in the right scheme. And the, when he was at his best in Pittsburgh, it was when you've got big Ben, you've got Steelers, they're going to be throwing the ball over the top a lot. And that made things a lot easier on bell. And that's the same situation he would be in, in Kansas city, not as much, in Buffalo or Miami. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be the chiefs. If he wants to win a title, there's obviously the Mahomes factor, which we just can't discount, right? Patrick Mahomes guys want to play with this guy. He's super dynamic. So we'll see if that comes into play here. Uh, we're going to move on just a second. I just want to get your final predictions. Matt Connor does, does is Le'Veon Bell a chief by the end of the day or the end of this week? Yeah, I just think there's way too much, uh, you know, there's way way too much smoke there. So yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see that happen. Um, you know, and for Veach, it's just one in a long line of low risk, high ceiling signings or attempts. It, it makes a hundred percent. If it's a hundred percent of a fit for the Chiefs, and and certainly the marriage makes sense on both sides. I, I think so, just because of what we've already heard. Verderan. Uh, yeah, I'll go with them, but I, I think it's a really tight race. I don't think it's a slam dunk. Um, if Miami offers the same amount of money as the other two teams, I think there's a really legitimate chance he goes with the Dolphins from what I know, um, in the past. But yes, if you, if you said you got to bet your house, uh, I, I would, I would lean slightly toward Kansas City. I, I really want this to happen just I, mainly for my own entertainment purposes. I just want to see the rest of like NFL Twitter lose their minds when the chiefs who have already have the most insane stable of offensive weapons in the NFL get Le'Veon Bell. People are already starting to melt down about it. So uh, I think it would be pretty hilarious if he signs. Okay. Uh, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Got to pay the bills around here. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment and we are going to talk chiefs bills. We'll see you in just a sec on the other side. All right, we are back, and it's time to talk Chiefs-Bills. Sort of strange was supposed to be tonight, as we mentioned earlier, Thursday night football. That's not going to happen. Instead, the Chiefs are going to play the Bills on Monday afternoon football. Uh, the great joke from Verterem last week even did the, the jingle. Um, but they're going to play at 5 p.m. Eastern, which is obviously 4 p.m. Arrowhead time. A lot of people are still going to be at work. Um, not great, not ideal for Chiefs fans, but I think for the Chiefs, this has worked out great, right? Like they were supposed to play three games in 11 days. They're going on the road on Thursday night football. Road teams on Thursday night football do not have a great track record of winning. Chiefs are coming off a loss. They're going to play the Bills. The Bills look like an AFC contender. And now 
They get plenty of time to prepare for this team. Uh, They got to sit back and watch the Bills get waxed by the Titans on Tuesday night football. They need to, they need to write a new theme song for that one. Um, so we're going to get into it, but I just want to go through the Bills schedule so far because they're, they're, they're looking good. They're, they're four and one, but they haven't exactly faced murderers row when it comes to opponents. They played the Jets and they won. The Dolphins, they won. Beat the Rams in a shootout. Beat the Raiders. And then they lost to the Titans. But their score differential right now is minus three. They have been outscored by their opponents by three points. Let's start with you, Matt Verderam. Are the Bills for real? Are you scared of the Bills? I think those are two different questions. Um, I think the Bills are for real, yes, uh, in terms of I think they'll win the division. I think they're a playoff team. I think they could win a round or two. Uh, I am not scared of them. Um, I don't think the Chiefs are scared of them. And that's not to say they can't win the game, by the way. But – the Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. The Bills haven't won a playoff game since 1995. So I'm, I'm going to guess that the Chiefs probably aren't shaking with fear going to Buffalo. Um, look, Josh Allen's played really, really well, right? And people are going to say, well, he threw two picks last week. Yeah, one of them was not his fault. One of them was right to a receiver who basically tried to catch the ball at his elbows and it got popped up in the air. Malcolm Butler caught it. The other one was an atrocious pick. Um, Allen's been good. The problem for the Bills right now is you can't run the ball. They're almost dead last in yards per carry. I believe going into Tuesday, they're 28th. I haven't looked since. Um, and defensively, they can't stop anybody. Now, now Edmonds has been hurt. He's been playing, but he's been hurt. Milano's week to week with a peck injury. Not sure if he's going to be able to play this week. He's one of their best linebackers, uh, best players, period. Um, and Tredavious White has had a back injury. He didn't play last week. He might play this week. He's arguably, and for my money, the best corner in the NFL. But even with that, They've not gotten pressure. They're 23rd in pressure rate, and they're second in blitz rate, which means they're blitzing like crazy, and they're still not getting home. My, uh, I guess, point in this game is going to be, look, I said this about the Ravens game a couple weeks ago. If they blitz Kansas City, they're dead. If they try to bring six guys and seven guys and five guys and try to get them out, he will kill them. I don't care what they do behind it. I don't care what the scheme is. If they play cover one, cover two, cover zero, man, doesn't matter. If they blitz the Chiefs, Mahomes will absolutely light them up. So I would expect that they'll back off some in this game. The Ravens didn't. I think the Bills will take a lesson from that. But no, I think the Bills are a good team. Do I think they're a great team? No. I think, I think they're good. I think the Chiefs are better. I think Vegas agrees, by the way, which is why the Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Um, and, yeah, you get an extra day off, which doesn't hurt, and the Bills have to play on short rest. So the Chiefs, as it all shakes out, end up getting a pretty good break here. Yeah, they're they're definitely obviously playing well. Allen has played well, uh, but getting outscored, not a great slate. You know, this, if they had a little bit of a tougher schedule, this could be a team with two or three losses right now. I think they haven't they haven't won by a lot. Matt Connor, what do you think? Are you worried about the Bills? Mildly worried, more worried than 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 Verderam? Uh, no, I mean, I'm I I would certainly agree with Matt on on all those points. I I. Th- think um i think they're even matching up at the right time you know trey white being out potentially to me that's the biggest you know x factor in terms of the way the game could shade you know one way or the other uh yeah i think ed oliver could be problematic here for the line i mean you know because obviously the bills are going to try to generate as much pressure as they can you know with that minimal crew i mean that's that's the way teams have been able to get after the chiefs and and disrupt the offense there if if at all possible. 
So the Bills are obviously going to try to 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 mimic that. So that's going to be something to watch up front. And and I'm curious to see how the Chiefs line is going to come out and and look after last week. You know, they they kind of took a a lot of hits. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, like on social media, etc. Last week uh, after last week's performance and. And, uh, you know, there's kind of a big dust up about like, you know, should there be some outside help there, you know, uh, at least some changes, what's going on. So, um, yeah, I loved what I heard from the Chiefs after last week's game. I loved what Mahomes had to say. I loved what uh, Matthew had to say. I, I loved what so many of the guys were just saying um, about their need to, okay, we've won 13 in a row. We know what it takes. Uh, let's 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 own this completely and, and learn. And they've had now some time, like you mentioned, to to do just that. So yeah, you know the um, yeah. I I just totally agree. I I think the Bills are going to win ten. I think they're going to win that division. I, I but this isn't one of those games. Yeah, I, you know, I actually I kind of annoyed that the Bills lost to the Titans. Um, I'm I'm glad they've got an L, right? But it, you know, it didn't help because now the Titans are are still undefeated. But I was kind of hoping that the Bills would come into this game undefeated because I just, you know, I, it, I I feel like I I could see this game going a lot like the Ravens game. You know, the Bills are feeling themselves. We're good. You know, we're gonna we're gonna take down the defending Super Bowl champions. They're all jacked up, and then like they just get a. a a, you know, a, a bucket of cold water in the face when they go up against Mahomes in that offense, um, which seems to be what happens to the Ravens when they play the Chiefs. Uh, yes, Ferdinand's right. The, the Bills blitz second most in the NFL. I don't know if they've got the guts to, to blitz Mahomes. I think maybe they'll try to try to back off a little bit and play play the way that some of the other teams have been playing with the zones. But I just don't know that they've got the horses to to keep up with Kansas City on the offensive side of the ball. So the Bills defense. Last year, I think they were the either the top or the second like highest scoring defense in the league. They are not this year, um, so they've regressed. That often happens to top defenses. They're always a great regression candidate. They're allowing 28 points per game, and they're, they're about to play one of the most dynamic and um, threatening offenses in the NFL. I, I know you talked about this, Verderam. You think maybe they'll still try to blitz, but do you see the Chiefs just coming in and picking this defense apart? Patrick, I'm not kidding. If they blitz me, they're going to score 50 points. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm, it's not even hyperbole. If they blitz the Chiefs in this game, they're going to score 50 points. Because even if Tredavious White plays, the Chiefs will just throw away from him the entire game. And God knows they're going to find guy. I, if if Leslie Frazier blitzes, I will be very surprised. Now, look, the one thing that has to be said about NFL teams that are not helmed by Bill Belichick, they are typically creatures of habit. They do what they do. If you're a zone team, you play zone. If you're man, you play man. If you blitz, you blitz. I mean, that's typically what happens. But I have to imagine after watching the last two weeks where teams have backed off and they've dropped seven guys pretty much every down, I'd have to think the Bills are going to tell their guys up front, look, you got to get pressure. We need you to get pressure. And I'm talking about guys, you know, who are, you know, Mario Addison, who has a couple sacks this year. Ed Oliver, who Matt Connor already mentioned, had a sack this year. Jerry Hughes, who has been a hood ornament. Uh, who does not have a sack this year, Trent Murphy. I mean, those are guys who can play. I mean, those are talented players who, you know, not maybe great players, but good players who have not gotten home. I think in this game, Frazier says, look, you've got to get pressure because if if we're in a position where we've got to bring a ton of guys, we're, we're going to get destroyed. 
I do think the Chiefs will move the ball consistently in this game. Look, you just mentioned they've given up 28 points a game. One of those games was the Jets. Another one of those games was the Dolphins. The Dolphins are not good. Like, they're two and three. They're all right. They're not good. Um, another one of those games was the Rams, who were down 28 to three and then scored 29 straight points. I watched that game. I mean, the Rams, if not for a very interesting call at the end of that game, would have won the game. And then the, the Titans, look, that's a little bit of fool's gold, the 42 points there, because they had four drives that I think cumulatively were like 90 yards. But they got shredded. I mean, they couldn't get off the field. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to score a lot of points. My question in this game with Kansas City is, does the pass defense get back to what it was the first four weeks of the year? Because if it does, they're going to win the game. Um, if they're like they were against the Raiders, Josh Allen will make them pay. Diggs is on pace for about 1,700 yards. And Beasley's on pace for 1,000 yards. So I think it more comes down to what do the Chiefs do defensively? I have faith in them. They were very good the first four weeks of the year. That's really why I'm, I think the Chiefs will do well in this game. But that, to me, is a bigger problem. The Chiefs are going to score points. They just have to stop the Bills. Yeah, uh, uh, quick side note here. I just I happened to see on Twitter our, our, our old pal Ocho Cinco, Chad Johnson, tweeted out, if Le'Veon Bell goes to the Chiefs, we might as well send the Lombardi Trophy to them as a viable threat from the backfield and slot receiver. Uh, this is uh, similar to Thanos getting the last Infinity Stone. <laughs> just thought that was a great tweet. Wanted to share. Uh, I agree. If 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 Le'Veon Bell can get in there and become Le'Veon Bell, I just I don't envy anybody who's going to play the Chiefs on defense. But we're talking Chiefs Bills. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned the Chiefs defense, Verderam. Uh, not great last week at all. Pretty much the reason that the Chiefs lost. Yes, the offense had some mistakes, but I mean, they scored over 30 points. Like, just don't give up easy touchdowns, and the Chiefs probably win that game. So, Josh Allen, not great against the Titans. Uh, 24 of, of 41, 263 yards passing, a 6.4 average, two touchdowns, two interceptions, one of which, Ray Ramey said, was not his fault, but still, two interceptions. Uh, he just couldn't seem to rally them when they fell behind and needed to come back. He had four rushes for 18 yards, so the Titans did a good job of of dealing with him. Obviously, the Titans had great experience going up against the Ravens last year, dealing with a, a mobile quarterback, and uh, and now they've had success against the Bills. Matt Connor, do you see Josh Allen bouncing back in this game against the Chiefs defense, or does his struggles continue against good teams? You know, um, I would love to share uh, Matt's confidence there, like saying, hey, you know, the Chiefs defense looked great the first four weeks, which they did. I mean, they were just playing well above, um, you know, what I think anyone would have reasonably expected, especially that secondary. Um, and so, you know, I, we were all over the site. We're, we're lauding the job of the, uh, of the coaching staff who just really have an incredible – track record of getting young low-level investments to play well above their pay grade so to speak but um man last week you, you know you just you know, everything has a tipping point and i last week i was just wondering was the injury to sneed our tipping point here like we you know we'd seen fenton rise up we'd seen sneed rise up you know, we'd watch the development of, of Charverius Ward, you know, really turn the corner, not just into a consistent starter, but into someone who was 
seem to be knocking on the Pro Bowl's door. You know, like someone someone ready for a much bigger platform. In other words, uh, as he plays alongside some obvious greats. And then last week happened. Um, I was watching some of the. I was watching some of the um, press conferences after the game. And I was watching something with Bashad Breeland as he as he talked to Mitch Holthus and Sean Barber after the game, and he actually mentioned that Ward had re-injured his hand. And I had never heard like I wasn't reading anything about that after the game. I didn't I didn't know that. I don't know if that's partly to blame. I mean, we just had some ridiculously blown coverages there. We had some, you know, guys uh, not clearly not in the right place. Uh, part of the game plan was obviously very predictable for the Raiders who, who just knew exactly what to do and when to do it at, at really inopportune times for the Chiefs. So I think part of it's on the game plan, obviously, um, but it's also about the execution. The execution just wasn't there on, on several levels for the Chiefs. Um, is it the loss of Snead? We did get Breland back. There should be enough talent given the track record of the first four weeks, like Matt was saying, like we should have enough guys to keep the ship afloat and bring home a win from Buffalo. But boy, it was really, really painful to see, you know, that early big gain by rugs was the biggest play given up by the defense on the season. And then the Raiders like stacked three more plays that would have set that same mark right after that, you know? So I just remember shaking my head going, gosh, from we haven't allowed big plays all year. And then suddenly it's, it's just, you know, like you can have a highlight reel of big plays here. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I want to share that optimism. Uh, of course, I, I think the possibility is there. I think I'm just a little bit more hesitant. Maybe that's just what the Scott Pioli years did to me. I don't know. Pioli broke you. Um, right, right, right. What, what do you think, Verderam? I'll just add this, and I, I think that was well said. Um, I watched the game film of it. Not, not really in-depth, kind of just, watching it and letting it play and not stopping starting or whatever. I unfortunately these days don't have as much time to do that. Now uh, kids will do that. Uh, but the one thing that really makes me pretty confident that she's going to bounce back from a defensive standpoint is it was mostly just blown coverages. It wasn't like they couldn't athletically keep up with them or, or that they, you know, were, were somehow outgunned they just made mistakes. Like there were plays where, you know, the Chiefs, there was one play and I don't like, I don't know whose fault it was. I'm not in the meeting rooms, but uh, the, the big touchdown to rugs, I believe it was, you know, Ward's playing outside leverage. The Chiefs are lined up as though it looks like it's cover three. And then Sorensen, who's the, the middle safety drives down on a crossing route. And on first glance, you say, well, it's Sorensen who's supposed to have the deep third of the field. But then there's smart people on Twitter saying, well, no, that's his job is to kind of rob the middle of the field there, which if that's the case, fine. Then Ward should have had inside leverage. So if one of them blew the coverage, it ends up being a very easy touchdown. I mean, any competent quarterback's going to throw that ball out there to Ruggs, and Ruggs is going to run away from Ward or Sorensen and most guys in the league. Um, you know, there were some other plays where, you know, the Chiefs were in quarters coverage and they, they got – they got caught up in, in, you know, keeping their eyes on, on the wrong spot in the field. They got beat. I don't worry about that. This game, and I think, Matt, I think you actually tweeted this out, to your credit. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Titans game from last year. Like, it, it really did. Where, and I think it also kind of had shades of the Texans game, the first game, where they just, like, they went into a coma in the second half offensively. But that Titans game last year it was big plays given up, 
Turnover for a touchdown, even though I know the Raiders technically didn't have a pick six. He returns, it's like the one. Um, you know, just, just gaffes in terms of blowing coverage in the game. Uh, offense moved the ball like crazy, but still didn't play particularly well. Look, we're not even sitting here talking about this if, if the Chiefs don't take 11 points off the board with two penalties. Like, the Chiefs still would have won the game. Would have been a shootout, but they still would have won. They still would have won like 43 to 40. So like, I, I look at that game as a singular event. The Chiefs played about as bad as they're going to play all year long. The Raiders played about as well as they're ever going to play all year long, and the Chiefs still almost won the game. So I go into this game against Buffalo saying, like, if Kansas City plays, it's, it's not even just his best, but a good game, they're going to win. This is better. And if Kansas City goes in and they play a B-plus game, they're going to win. The question is, do they do it? But I have faith that they have the ability to, to get back on the uh, horse, so to speak. They definitely need to get their focus back. Too many mistakes, too many mental mistakes. And, and we talked about this last week, Matt. They're, right now, the Chiefs' biggest – you know, their biggest uh, enemy is themselves. It's not the other teams in the NFL. If they go in, they play their best game. I think I tweeted this out this week, like, you know, that to, be, to beat the Chiefs, most teams in the NFL need to play their best game and they need the Chiefs to play their worst game or a pretty bad game to get that done. And hey, credit, credit the Raiders. Right plays, right time. That's why it's hard to win in the NFL. These guys are fast, they're talented. And if you, if you just lose focus for a second, you can get snake bit. And that's what happened to the Chiefs last week could josh allen do it to him absolutely uh but i think i think after last week and what we heard coming out of the locker room they're definitely mentally in the right place they understand what happened to them so hopefully they'll be all right let's talk about stefan diggs versus this chiefs defense he's really the the big bright spot for the bills offensively aside from allen this year he's just been an absolute animal 36 receptions for 509 yards already two touchdowns this season Verderam, what's your strategy for, for, for playing this Bills offense? Is it, is it take, away, take away digs, make them move the ball down the field? Yeah, I think, look, you're not worried about them running the ball because they haven't run the ball well all year. Now, maybe they can do it this game, but I think if you're Spagnuolo, that's a, that's a gamble you're willing to take. You want them to try to run the football. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm not blitzing a ton in this game. I, I want Allen having to beat me from inside the pocket consistently now that's not to say he can't do it but he's mobile um i would try to bracket digs i'll live with beasley underneath um you do have to worry about john brown getting deep he's a he's a very good deep threat the chiefs have thornhill there i mean look if i'm the chiefs i'm in cover two a lot of this game uh and i'm and i'm playing man underneath it which not to make people drive off the road, but it's a lot of what Bob Sutton used to do. I actually think in this game, it's the right play. I think it's a lot of cover two, man under, rush four, get home with four, play some games up front, stunts, twists. You know, uh, I, I think that is the way to win. Ultimately, you have to accept if you're the Chiefs. They're going to move the ball some in this game. Josh Allen's played really well. They've got weapons. They're going to move the football. Um, but I think, you know, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm trying to play some press too. I want to disrupt them at the line, get, get that rhythm off. And I'm also dropping guys for one other reason. I want Allen to have to throw the ball in the traffic. Because one thing with Josh Allen, he will throw the ball up for grabs a few times every game. He's a lot like Roethlisberger in that sense, or, or, or Phillip Rivers in it with his days with the Chargers. Like he, He's very good, but he will take some, some chances he shouldn't take. And the Chiefs have guys who have good hands who can catch the ball. So if I'm Spagnuolo, my whole game plan is look. I get one turnover, we're probably going to win. I get two plus turnovers, we're definitely going to win. So I, I think that's got to be the mindset. I would not blitz a lot. 
Um, you know, I'd mix it up a little, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bringing pressure over and over and over. I'd make him throw into coverage. Matt Connor, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, I would totally agree with Matt there. I, I, I think taking, uh, I think taking Diggs out of the game as best as possible is, is certainly the play there. You know, uh, um, you know, Diggs is Diggs is putting up great numbers against the Rams in a game that really should have been a loss, like Matt said, uh, for the Bills. You know, he had only six targets. He caught only four passes for 49 yards, one touchdown. A, you know, a very pedestrian effort by Diggs' standards this year so far. And uh, and in that sense, they're having to rely on names like Gabriel Davis, uh, you know, to to kind of come out of the woodwork and do something there against the Chiefs. They just don't have the layers of targets that I think if uh, if they're able to take care of Diggs like the Rams did, who were pretty successful at at keeping him uh, from from making any big plays. Uh, you know, Allen will look elsewhere, but I think the talent of those other players aren't really anything to worry about in that way. So yeah, for me, I would just nod and cheer on everything that Matt said and, and, and just say there's even proof positive of doing that. Yeah. Like who's going to beat you if, if it's not Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, you know, Cole Beasley, if it, look, if the chiefs get nickel and dime to death by Cole Beasley and they lose, they deserve to lose shame on them. Um, nothing against Cole Beasley is a very good player, but I mean, this is, this is, this is their second go-to guy when they're when they're throwing the ball is, is Cole Beasley, and that's not where you want to be, I don't think, as an offense. So I'm with you guys. Let's take away Diggs, make them dump it off to Beasley, make them try to dump it off to Singletary, make them hand the ball off. If they don't get Le'Veon Bell, I'm feeling pretty confident the Chiefs can handle this. Uh, if they can handle Lamar Jackson, they can handle Josh Allen. Let's move on to our guy Travis Kelsey. Um, I just wanted to throw this out here as a preview point for this game. Kelsey got his 539th ball for the Chiefs uh, last week. Got this, got this stat from the Chiefs official Twitter account, so thank you for that. That moved him past Dwayne Bowe for second all-time in Chiefs history and receptions. Uh, this is probably a layup for you guys, but Verram, who's number one? In terms of the best receiver ever for the Chiefs? Who has the most receptions in franchise history? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. It's Tony G. Uh, so, got a little ways to go to catch up to Tony G, but congratulations on on Kelsey. He has been absolutely incredible. Mahomes also, I believe, has thrown a touchdown in 15 straight games, uh, which is tied, I think, for the, for the record for the Chiefs. So, he's going to be able to set another one if he throws a touchdown in this one. And one last point on Chiefs' bills. And we'll get to our predictions in just a moment. Uh, Sean McDermott, former assistant under Andy Reid in Philadelphia, worked for him for 10 years. Reid is 13-6 and six versus his former assistants. That's pretty good. But Reid's good in general. Matt Connor, do you think Reid gets any kind of – does he get a – you know, does, does it help him knowing these guys with his 13-6 and six record? Or is it just that Andy Reid's a good coach, he wins most of the time? Uh, any any special insight into that? Uh, no, I, I have no special insight. I, you know, my feeling is uh, you're right on the ladder. I think Andy Reid's just a hell of a coach, and he's going to have a, a strong record against most people. I would almost think it's the opposite. I would almost think, hey, if you've been mentored by someone, you know how they work, you know how they tend to be. Although it's been quite some time since McDermott's been around under Andy Reid. Uh, this is a different era, a different Reid certainly having Mahomes is even a different level there. So 
I think the familiarity will be nice for post-game pleasantries. I'm not so sure that there's much to read into either side in terms of familiarity giving some kind of extra benefit or wrinkle. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, right? I mean, these guys came, you know, they were nursed by Reed, right? I'm sure there are things that when he looks out and sees formations, he knows, he's like, oh, okay, I know what that formation is. We did that with the Eagles because, I mean, Reed knows more football than <laughs> than than those of us talking on this podcast. Well, uh, he'll forget more football than than we'll ever know. But, Verderam, what do you think? Does any 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 edge for Reed going up against his old assistants? No, I don't think so. I just think he's a great coach. There's an, there's just an edge in being Andy Reid. Uh, you know, he is arguably right now the best coach in the NFL outside of Belichick. I think he probably is the best coach outside of Belichick. Um, no, I, I think, you know, maybe you know how a guy thinks a little bit more, although that goes both ways, right? So I don't, I don't think it's a huge advantage. I just think, like you mentioned, like he's a really good coach and they have a really good team. Um, so I don't think it's a big advantage. One thing, by the way, I meant to say earlier, I just wanted to add real quick. Sammy Watkins won't play in this game. He got the hamstring injury. He'll probably be out a few weeks. Um, everybody's mentioned that and, and kind of pointed that as a big problem, which fair enough. But I've seen like a lot of people are down on McCole Hardman. That, like somehow he hasn't played well this year. And, and like, what are they going to do? Watkins is 29 targets. He's quite, he has 222 yards. McCole Hardman has 17 targets and 194 yards. He averages four and a half yards more per catch. He has the same amount of touchdowns, too. Um, he has three big plays, which are defined by 20 yards or more. Watkins is one. Watkins is a fumble and a lost fumble. Hardman is none. And Hardman has 29 more yards after the catch than Watkins. Now, Watkins is 16 first downs compared to seven, right? So that that is the one thing where I do think the Chiefs are going to rely a little bit more on Edwards, Alaire, Hill, Kelsey, they may move the ball on third down. But I actually – look, well, Watkins is a loss. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I actually think Hardman's going to come into a pretty good job and maybe even make them a little more explosive in the short term. So that's one thing to watch. One thing with Hardman, he's got that Hill-type speed. If he gets deep and you make a mistake, he's gone. Um, I'll be curious to see how the Chiefs try to employ him here in the game. And obviously, Demarcus Robinson, that's going to get him on the field a little bit more as well. He's got some really great speed. This does kind of feel like one of those games where you're going to see a big play out of Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. They get they get loose over the top, it's, and it's an easy touchdown as long as nobody is holding. Um, so would have been a big play last week without that holding call. That was a, a hell of a throw by Mahomes, uh, by the way, that, that got wiped away. Okay, we're going to take one more quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to give you our score predictions we got one fan question. We're going to do some quick AFC contenders and pretenders, and then we're going to get the hell out of here. This is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We'll be back in just a second. All right, and we are back. Let's get into our score predictions for Chiefs Bills. Matt Connor, you are the guest. We're going to let you go first. What I've got down here for you in the outline, Chiefs 28, Bills 24. Yeah, you know, I, I think the Chiefs walk away with this one. Uh, um, I, th- I think it'll be close. I think the Bills are going to show that they're a respectable team and that they'll be there in January. But, but uh, yeah, you know, there's, a, there's a supremacy here that needs to be proven otherwise. All right, I love it. Chiefs win. Verderam, you've got Chiefs 34, Bills 27. Yeah, I think it's a good game. I think a lot of points. Uh, I do think Cancio will win the game. Look, I just 
I, I know the Chiefs and actually on the read have had some losing streaks or they've lost two straight, whatever. I I just think there's a really hard spot for Buffalo. Can't see as yesterday. They're they're reasonably healthy. I know Watkins is now down for a few weeks, but they're reasonably healthy. And I just it, it's just a bad matchup for the Bills. They don't run the ball particularly well. They are somewhat tar- prone to turnovers. The, the Chiefs are more than capable of taking any turnover and turning it into an immediate seven points. And then the, the blitz thing just worries me from a Bills perspective. Like, I, I just – I know that the Bills will probably back off some in this game, but Leslie Frazier's default when they're in a big spot is going to be the blitz. And the Chiefs' default has been to absolutely torch the blitz beyond words every single time they see it. So I just – I think there's going to be a couple of big plays in this game where the Bills try to get the Chiefs and they bring guys – and I think it's going to end up being a big play the other direction. So, yeah, I think the Chiefs will win. I think it's a good game. I think it's fun. But I do think Kansas City wins. It's been a little while since the Chiefs have played the Bills, hasn't it? I know that we, we had like a yep. budding rivalry going there for a while when they both stunk and they were, you know, finishing last in their divisions and playing almost on a yearly basis. When was the last time they played? Do you know that off the top of your head, Matt? Yeah, they played in 2017 at Arrowhead. The Chiefs actually lost the game. It was a hideous game. That was that was the year they went like six and zero, and then lost like every game the rest of the year, and then won four to get in. And they lost to the Titans, but they haven't played in Buffalo, um, I believe, since 2014. It's been a while, and you know, I think the Bills. My prediction for this game, I I, I was thinking it was going to be close, but I've changed my opinion on that uh, for a couple of different reasons. One. I saw how the Bills played against the Titans, and the Chiefs are better than the Titans. Two, the Chiefs are pissed off. Like, there's just no, no, no getting around it. I mean, when you're a good team, when you're a championship team, you need to find things to motivate you. It's it's why it's almost impossible to go 16 and 0. That's why it's hard to win year in and year out. This is a good veteran team with good leaders, and and Tyron Matthew and Travis Kelsey. These guys want to win. They're competitive. Obviously, we know Mahomes is. I think they're going to come into this game and the Bills haven't played this Chiefs team, not this Chiefs team. I think it's going to be shock and awe, to be honest with you. I think the Bills are going to come in thinking they've got a good chance and I think the Chiefs are going to wax them. They're pissed off. I've got it Chiefs 38, Bills 24, and frankly, I don't think it's going to be as close as the score I've predicted. I know the Bills can move the ball, but I think that defense is going to be mad. I think the, I think the Bills get a late touchdown. I think there's going to be some turnovers. The Chiefs weren't getting a lot of pressure last game. I think that's going to change. Uh, I think Chris Jones is going to be a little bit more healthy. He's got a little more more time to rest up. Frank Clark wasn't really much of a factor in the last game. I think he's going to start doing that shoulder dip again. And yeah, I just think <laughs> I think the Chiefs are going to come out. Andy Reid's going to going to open up the bag of tricks a little bit. And he knows the importance of this game, right? The, the Raiders aren't going to be contending for the number one seed. The Bills possibly could be. This is a big game for the Chiefs. They're going to be up for it. Thirty-eight Chiefs. Bills twenty four, they're gonna they're gonna bury him. Uh, hopefully this I don't end up on old takes exposed for this one, but maybe they won't. Maybe they aren't listening to the podcast. All right, let's get to our fan question. We really appreciate when you guys send these in. You can always hit us up on Twitter at r patrick allen at matt verderam with your questions. We'll try to get to them on the podcast. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and you write a review and you leave a question at the end of that, we will definitely answer it on this podcast. So please do that. But this one comes from Scott Loring. He's at at Chiefs Channel. Scott asks, since the Bills are the team that traded away the draft pick for that the Chiefs moved up to get Patrick Mahomes, what number will we see him count to in this game? As you, as you know, 
petty Mahomes is the best Mahomes. And we've seen him do, do a count uh, on a couple of occasions, once uh, for his ranking uh, in the NFL 100 and another time for the number of teams that drafted players ahead of him. Are we going to see Petty Mahomes in this game, Matt Connor? <laughs> I love Petty Mahomes. That's such a great name. And uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly hope so. I, I think there's going to be an edge to them that we haven't seen. I, I hope he just continues to hold up all kinds of fingers for all kinds of touchdowns. There's nothing more fun than having Mahomes in the thick of or even leading the MVP race, even though those things are ultimately meaningless. Uh, uh, you know, from a team perspective. So, yeah, here's hoping for a big game, even for that. Matt Verderam, are we going to get Petty Mahomes? And if we do, what what number is he going to hold up? Is it going to be is it going to be the 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 number ten? Is it going to be where where the Bills traded back to? I think it was twenty seven. Twenty seven. I don't know that he'll hold the number up, but we're definitely getting Petty Mahomes. And I'm glad that question was asked. It's a good one. I actually thought about that over the course of the week. Did the Bills? could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. They were on the clock with Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't do it. And now look, for the Bills, it still worked out okay. They got Tredavious White out of that deal, and they ended up drafting Josh Allen. So, you know, they didn't, they didn't go the Bears route and go full Trubisky, okay? Give the Bills credit there. But they didn't give Mahomes. And, and, and look, let's be real. They would trade Tredavious White and Josh Allen in a heartbeat for Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, I think there's – Mahomes has never played the Bills. I definitely think there's going to be some, this is what you could have had, and I'm going to show it to you. Over and over, and I mean, he's look. Mahomes gives off that like all oh, G shucks attitude when he's off the field, but when he's on the field, that man is a killer. Like I, I definitely think there's going to be some of that. Patty Mahomes, look what you missed out on. Here's 400 yards and four touchdowns to your face, kind of a game. I mean, I, yeah, I think you're going to get a little bit of that. I don't know if he holds a number up, but I think, I think you're going to see plenty uh, of Mahomes being motivated in this game. It's a little bit of a harder one to track, right? You know, to, to, I'm, I'm sure he knows, but to remember that uh, it was the Bills that traded back, that she straight up. Somebody's definitely in that locker room reminding him. If, they, if those coaches are worth their salt, Eric Bieniemy, somebody slid him a little note and was like, by the way, <laughs> these guys are the ones we traded up for to take you. They didn't think you were worth it. Uh, so I hope he's got a little something planned. Yeah, I don't know if there's a, 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 a number, Scott, that he can hold up, uh, but – it's definitely going to be in the back of his mind. Maybe the number he wants to put up is five touchdowns. I'd be all right with that. Uh, okay, let's move on to our last segment that we like to do uh, during this episode of the week, AFC contenders and pretenders. We don't do all the contenders and pretenders every week, but I like to pick out a few teams that I think would be interesting to talk about. Matt Verderam, let's start with the Tennessee Titans. They're 4-0. and They're a game behind right now, but they looked good against the Bills. And Ryan Tannehill, I heard this this morning on uh, the Fantasy Focus podcast. Shout out to Matthew Barry, Field Yates, Tavania Bell. Do a great job on that show, getting us all ready for our fantasy teams each week. They put on an interesting stat. Since Ryan Tannehill took over last year for the Tennessee Titans, at least in fantasy football, he's the number three quarterback in points scored. He's done a really terrific job. What do you think, Matt Verderam? Titans, are they contenders or pretenders? And is Ryan Tannehill for real? Ryan Tannehill's for real. He's done a nice job. Uh, I think he's a borderline top 10 quarterback. I do think they're pretenders, though. Look, they're a good team. They're not a great team. They beat the Jaguars and the Vikings. Uh, and they got it's escaped me. They played another bad team early in the year. Uh, and they won by a combined six points. Okay, I don't. I don't think they are 
going to be some dominant outfit here. I think – oh, the Broncos are the other team. I think they're a good team. I think they're a division-winning team. I think they're, frankly, about Buffalo. I think that, you know, maybe 10 wins, 11 wins at the most. And they could beat anybody on a given day. Like, they're a, they're a good team. They're not a team you want to play in the playoffs. But I don't think they're Kansas City. I don't think they're Baltimore. I don't think they're Pittsburgh. I think they're around the fourth-best team right there with the Bills. Obviously, right now, maybe you want to give them the nod. I mean, they crush Buffalo. Fair enough. The problem I have with Tennessee is when you get in the playoffs, and God knows Chief fans went through this for all these years, do they have that guy to drive them through January? I don't know that they have that guy. They don't have those star, star players. Henry Fine, but he's a running back. A.J. Brown's a very good player. But, like, they don't have Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. They don't have Lamar Jackson in that secondary. They don't have that pass rushing group in Pittsburgh and, and guys like Schmidt-Schuster and Roethlisberger and Hayden and whatnot. So, uh, good team, yes. Super Bowl contender, no. Matt Connor, Titans, contenders or pretenders? Um, yeah, I, I would probably lean contenders just from the early season results we've seen. I, um, I mean, I, I hear what, what Matt's saying and certainly, you know, I mean, agree with all that. There's, there's something in me that wants to give some credit to the, like, intangible – um, I think it's silly. I think it's silly to turn their COVID quandary and clear irresponsibility as a franchise into that edge, but they've internalized it. You could hear them after the game. Obviously, Taylor Lewan was was you know saying it into the cameras after the game. You know, like <coughs> put, you know, put us in a corner and we'll show you whatever that kind of thing. But but they believe it. Mike Vrabel has channeled it in some way. They came out of a messy scenario and just dominated a team that was a darling. And you can't ignore that. So there's a part of me that just goes, you know, I, I kinda like I would have agreed, oh yeah, they're on the they're they're a postseason contender and nothing more. They're a first round, you know, maybe they'll get through the wild card round, whatever. But also I think having that edge, having that belief, that momentum, that uh, if Vrabel is channeling this right, we may see them on another level, which, um, you know, playing with that toughness, playing with that chemistry, that can make a big difference late in the year like that. So I, I don't know, man. That that Titans game was really something else. I, um, yeah, well, time will tell, right? Absolutely. Uh, just a quick update on Le'Veon Bell watch just because I can't help myself. I love this shit. I mean, I just absolutely love it. I, I, I hope somebody else gets cut and we can do this all again next week. Uh, take, take this for what, what it is, but Le'Veon Bell just followed Clyde Edwards Elaire on Instagram. I've got it. I've got it. I confirmed it here on my phone. Um, and he also, he also recently followed Bleacher Report right after that. So maybe he's, he's waiting on the news and trying to get it to know his new running back mate. I don't know. Uh, I just love this stuff. I love the, when they follow people on, on social media thing. Just to, just to make your day yesterday, late at night, he followed Patrick Mahomes on Twitter. So if that, if that makes you feel better, if that helps you to get through your, your Thursday doldrums. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I love that there was, uh, there is like a fake Le'Veon Bell Twitter account going around. It doesn't have a ton of followers, but it's been retweeted by a couple of prominent people. And, like, it, it's just high comedy. Like, people are just out of their minds. Listen, if he signs with the Chiefs, that's great, right? Like, he might help them. 
And hell, he might go back to being what he was in Pittsburgh. I mean, the Jets, they can ruin you. Okay. Adam Gates does that to people. No one's arguing that. I will say this, though, to Chief fans. If he does not sign in Kansas City, all hope is not lost. You did win this thing called the Super Bowl last year, and you didn't have late. Right. Like, I've seen so many Chief fans like, I don't know what we're going to do if we don't get him. Like, you know what? You're, you're going to win 13 <laughs> games. That's what you're going to do. Like, just relax. Like, it's fine. You know where Bell's value really would be to the Chiefs? The playoffs. That's where it would really be. Just like Sammy Watkins' value to the Chiefs, it's in the playoffs. Because in the playoffs, you'll get these teams that will double Hill and they'll double Kelsey. And that's why Watkins, by the way, goes nuts in the postseason because he's one-on-one with some guy who's like the fourth corner on the team and the Chiefs just kill teams to do that. That's where Bell's value comes in. When you're in the playoffs and it's January and it's cold and teams are trying to commit eight guys to the pass and you can just have Bell just run over and over and over when they're in a four-minute offense. But yes, great if they get him. If they don't get him, I, I caution people not to like run out to their nearest liquor store. It's okay. It really is. Like they're they're still pretty decent. I think they'd be okay. But yes, it would be cool if they got. You can take the losing out of the Chiefs, but you can't take the losing out of the the bad memories out of Chiefs fans. They're, they're just it's it's baked in, man. Maybe maybe in uh, you know by the time Mahomes by the time Mahomes retires, we'll all be a little bit different. But uh, we're still a little thirsty, and I'm okay with that. I like that in our our fan base. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta say though, I mean. If if he if if, if Le'Veon Bell w- does want to do a revenge tour, and if he still has some bad blood against the Pittsburgh Steelers, God, would it be cathartic? I want the Steelers in the playoffs because I've got you know as a Chiefs fan some pent up aggression I'd like to let out on those guys, and uh, I would love to watch Le'Veon Bell just terrorize them in a playoff game. I think it would be great. Um, all right, let's continue contenders and pretenders. Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. They're four and one. Also haven't had murderers row when it comes to a, a schedule. Got waxed by the Ravens, but they've got some they've got some good players. They've been opportunistic on defense, if not unspectacular. And they can run the football. And Kevin Stefanski's done a nice job putting Baker Mayfield in a position to succeed with the play action game, getting big time Jake Plummer vibes coming out of Cleveland. Uh Verderam, what do you think? Browns, contenders, or pretenders? I think they're pretenders because they're the third best team in the division, which means they're going to have to go on the road in the playoffs. I don't trust the defense, and they're doing everything imaginable to hide Baker Mayfield, everything, which is concerning if you're talking about long-term prospects. Look, they run the hell out of the football. The line has been great this year. It might be the biggest turnaround of any unit in any team this league or this year. They've been unbelievable. Um, and so I think they're a playoff team. I do think that. I just – I don't trust Mayfield. Look, against the Colts, it was like, oh, we played a good first half. And they threw for 19 yards in the second half of the game. Like, when he gets off that first initial script, he's not that good. And they have to hide him. And I can tell you right now, against, against Pittsburgh this week, you watch Pittsburgh and that run defense. They are going to slow them down running the ball. And they're going to be like, all right, big boy, throw it. And that's where – I wonder with Mayfield, can he do it and can he do it consistently? Because you're going to have to. When they play the big boy teams, those teams are going to crowd the box and they're going to say, okay, go ahead. Now, Cleveland's got the weapons, but Mayfield's got to play better. Uh, I think they're about a nine-win, maybe a 10-win team, um, but I don't think they're getting out of third place in that division. And for that reason alone, I just I think it's going to be very hard for them to contend seriously in the AFC. Matt Connor, the Browns, contenders or pretenders? 
Yeah, total total pretender there. I mean, you know, obviously they have the collection of talent on paper that makes them such a preseason darling, you know, really the last two years. But the the gauntlet of that division, they've only hosted the Ravens. They've only played the Ravens once. It was a 38-6 to drubbing to start the season. They've still got the Steelers twice. They've got the Ravens once. And the and they host the Ravens, the Steelers, and play on the road in Tennessee three of the last five games of the year. I, I mean, if they're sort of coasting with contender, you know, trying to play with some postseason there, that's going to be the gauntlet. If that if that team under Stefanski is going to develop any sort of character to be able to to make that leap, that gauntlet is 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 just going to be a tremendously tough test. I don't see them. Uh, yeah, I don't see it happening. I, I'm not even convinced they're going to make the playoffs, to be honest. I agree. I, I've watched all the Browns games this year. I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. I, I do cheer for the Browns so long as they're not playing the Chiefs. They're my hometown team. But it just, look, look they've, they've got a lot of talent over there. Kareem Hunt's been spectacular. Nick Chubb is a beast. The offensive line, the defense is not good. Okay, they're, they're opportunistic. If they, if they were a little bit better at the quarterback position, I think they would be a contender. But at least right now, as things stand right now, Verderam's right. They're hiding Baker Mayfield. I've not watched a game this year where I was like, they won that game because of Baker Mayfield. In fact, he's done everything he could at a couple points to throw bad interceptions to keep the other team in the game. So I don't know. I don't know what happens with Baker Mayfield. But, you know, he, he's, still in a, he's in a new system, so maybe he continues to blossom in that system. Stefanski, I think, is the right guy, but I'm just not sure. I feel like his ceiling is Alex Smith, and his floor is you know a Kirk Cousins type of player who sometimes can be good as talented, but just can't get it done. So don't see. I do. I do think the Browns will make the playoffs uh, unless they have running back injuries, more running back injuries, because. I just think they're going to be able to keep themselves in game and games with that running game. And they may be able to snag that second spot. Okay. And the last team on the list, the, the, I always want to call them the Oakland Raiders, the the Las Vegas Raiders. Now they're three and two. They beat the chiefs. Raiders fans are puffing their chests. They're fired up. This is awesome. We're finally good again. Derek Carr for MVP, Matt Connor, are the Raiders contenders or are they pretenders? Well, they're they're not contender. Is there a middle ground here? <laughs> I don't think they're contenders at all. I also think that the narratives were pretty false for them coming into this season. I, like, I I think they deserve a little bit more respect. Some of those pieces that Mike Mayock has brought in have have turned the corner. Cleland Farrell's looking, uh, you know, better than he did uh, than in his first go around. Um, you know, I, I love having a, having a hard hitter like Abram in the secondary. Um, you know, obviously Max Crosby, some of these, some of these pieces are starting to come together and, uh, and the offense, I mean, the Raiders have also taken their licks with injuries. A lot of key guys are out, a lot of receivers are out, um, and they still put it to the chiefs. Matt was right. They had to play their best to beat the chiefs and the chiefs were at their worst. So, you know, I'm not in any way trying to say that they're arrived, whatever, let them celebrate their Super Bowl win in week five, whatever. Like that's been the joke all week. But I also think there were some, I think there were some false narratives circulating about these Raiders. I think they're an impressive young team. I think they've got some, some nice pieces. Uh, I, I remain unconvinced on car, but, but if I were a Raiders fan, I would be pleased with where the car seems to be headed. Not Derek Carr, but the 
proverbial vehicle, right? Murderer? Uh, they're fraud. They, uh, look, they, they can't play defense. Like, that's great they beat the Chiefs. If the Chiefs didn't beat themselves, it would have scored 43 points in the game. And the Chiefs didn't even play offense for half the game. Like, I, I to me, I agree with Matt on this. Like, their offense, they got a lot of pieces. And Cars played well. Um, but they're, they're going to win seven or eight games. Like, they're fine. They're fine. I, they're not making the playoffs. They, look, this is one of those things that, that's like the win of the year. I don't know, by the way, if you guys saw this. They, after the game, they took a victory lap in their bus around Arrowhead Stadium. Like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that so that's embarrassing. not embarrassing. I'm going to go ahead and guess that's not going to play out well for them in a month when these two teams see each other and the Chiefs are off a bye. Like, you know what? Like, that's the kind of thing that gets your ass beat by like 30 points when you see each other in a rematch. And by the way, in that rematch, it's Sunday night football in Vegas with the Chiefs with two weeks of rest. Good luck to them. Um, you know, I, I think the Raiders are fine. The Raiders are look, they're not a bad team, but they're average. And so no, I, they're not they're not going anywhere. They're not contending for anything, but they played their best game. Give them credit. They won. Uh I am going to strongly guess that they will not sweep the season series. Uh we'll see how things play out. Yeah, I, I agree they're pretenders. Look, I'm never gonna uh, I'm never gonna be happy that the Chiefs lost, but I the Chiefs have to lose football games, right? We know this. And I'm kind of glad if they were going to lose lose a couple games this year. I'm glad they lost one of the Raiders because I like I hate the Raiders and I really like the rivalry and like let's be honest when when you're just wiping the floor with these guys every year, year in and year out, it takes some of the shine off it, you know? It just it's just not as fun when when it it's hard to build up that hate if you're just absolutely annihilating a team. And this comes from an Ohio State fan who has who's Gladly watched the Buckeyes just trounce Michigan every year. I think it's hilarious. Do I want them to lose and the streak to be broken? No, but if it is, like it'll it'll help build up that hate hate a little bit. I think uh, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for the rivalry and it's a good thing for the fandom. Um, so that, I feel the same way about Brown Steelers. Hasn't been a rivalry. I hope the Browns get a win this year just to rekindle that one of the best rivalries in sports. All right, so. The Raiders are pretenders. The Titans are pretenders. The Browns are pretenders. We'll try to see if we can get you some contenders next week. I'm sure we'll be talking about the Steelers. The Ravens are probably going to pop back up. I think those are the teams that the Chiefs have to worry about. We're going to wrap this up. Any closing thoughts from you, Matt Verderam, before we sail off into the sunset? No. I expect the Chiefs to play a strong game. I said after our last, or during our last show that I'd I wasn't even going to get on Kansas City in any way, shape, or form for losing to the Raiders. They'd won 13 in a row. Like, it happens. You lose games. If they lose this game, I'll have a different tone. Not a, a panic or anything. I think they'll be fine. But you would have to start saying, hey, come on, get in the gear a little bit. Um, I think they'll be fine. They'll win the game. I think they're the better team. Well, they are the better team. And they'll play like it. Matt Connor, any special pieces over at Arrowhead Attic that the, that the listeners should be checking out right now or coming down the pike this week? Well, I, I think Matt even just alluded to it, and and um, like I wrote about this, it'll, it'll go up this weekend. But you know, I I think the loser of this team faces a pretty steep fall, and I I don't think enough can be said about this season and the loss of the first round bye for the number two overall seed. I, like I I I think every team when that came out went. Okay, like because earlier you just said, oh, you know, every team's going to lose some games, 
And I'm just thinking, no, this is the start of the seasons where you can't just, quote, lose a game or two. Like, like every game becomes that portal, potentially, between having that week of rest after the grueling regular season and then what really counts. And so, you know, the loser of this game really is at a major disadvantage for the race for that number one seed um, and has, a two, has an 0-2 losing streak. So, you know, for two teams that were 4-0 and sitting very, very comfortably in their respective divisions, someone's going to come out of week six looking at two straight losses, a disadvantage in postseason seeding for, for even less assets as there is, and trying to figure out what's wrong with, with uh, their current momentum. Yeah, I agree. That's a really excellent point, Matt. <laughs> you know, not as much margin for error. You want that first round buy. I don't care how good the Chiefs are. Look, if they if they don't get the first round by, they're going to be playing a, a, a team that probably doesn't belong in the playoffs because they're probably going to be the two seed in the first round, and, and they'll probably wax them. But there's wear and tear. There's injuries. The more games you got to play, the more chance there is that something can go wrong, more film, all that stuff. So I agree. The Chiefs, big game, huge game. They knock off the Bills. I mean, they're looking good. We, we're all agreeing that they're, they're going to win the AFC West unless there's some sort of catastrophe. They already beat the Ravens. They already beat the Patriots. They don't play the Steelers. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. The, the, the North does not have a tough schedule, but they do have to beat up on each other. So if the Browns can sneak one away from the Steelers, the Ravens uh, have still got to play the Steelers a couple of times. It's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. Chiefs? Get your head screwed on straight, sign Le'Veon Bell, wipe the floor with the Bills, and let's start a new winning streak. All right, everybody. Thank you once again for listening. You guys are the best listeners in the podcast game. As always, please make sure you're visiting Arrowhead Addict every day, checking out what Matt Connor, what the team over there are turning out. Always excellent content. If it's not on Arrowhead Addict, it's not relevant to the Chiefs. So you can count on that website to keep you up to date. Please make sure you follow us all on Twitter. Matt is at, at Matt Connor AA. Matt Verderam is at, at Matt Verderam. And I am at R Patrick Allen. And as always, follow at Arrowhead Addict. Thank you so much for your reviews. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on Monday evening after the Chiefs take care of business against the Buffalo Bills. Until then, for Matt Connor and Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. And as always, Go Chiefs! This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.